welcome to another of our Care Home Management Magazine uh, special podcast roundtables. Uh, this one is all about care of the future and how to digitalise your care home. My name is Steve Hemsley. I'm the publishing editor of Care Home Management Magazine. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by uh, Care Home Marketing Expert Smooth Digital, helping fill care and nursing home beds with private paying residents. Thank you, of course, to them. Right, let's crack on. Uh, we're going to introduce the four members of our round pa- uh, table panel today. They are from uh, person-centered software. We've got Andrew Coles. He's the head of product management. We've got ASCOM's uh, Stephen Kavanagh. He's a major project sales consultant there. Uh, Invitec Health CEO, Tarek Mohammed, and uh, Peter Shergill from uh, Paincheck. He's the biz- business development director there uh, thank you gentlemen for joining us on the the podcast uh, obviously uh digital transformation getting care homes digital is a big concern for care homes that they're not always sure what to do the best uh, technology to invest in so hopefully over the next sort of 45 minutes or so we'll be able to offer some some great advice uh just before that one if you might want to just quickly uh introduce yourselves um starting with you andrew do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about uh, for those who don't know a bit more about person-centered uh, software Certainly. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I'm Andrew Coles, uh, Head of Product Management at Person Centre Software. Um, joined just under three years ago. I joined the team then and we've been growing steadily uh, ever since then. Uh, we provide a digital solution to um, over 1,600 care homes across the UK. Um, and we're capturing around about 3 million care notes uh, each and every every day. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And uh, Stephen, do you want to tell people who might not have heard about ASCOM or what you guys get up to in the care home sector? Yeah, so my name is Stephen Cavanagh from ASCOM. I've been with the company for just nearly two years now. We're a global healthcare ICT company where we provide solutions to integrate current systems that, so that you can work together to talk to one another so we can look at integrating, orchestrating and enabling care to the best of, for our clients. Okay, thank you. And uh, Tarek, you're CEO at Invitec Health. Do you want to tell us a bit about your company? Okay, so I'm uh, Tarek Mohammed. I'm um, a pharmacist uh, by trade, I guess, originally. And um, so at Invitec, we uh, developed um, our solution Atlas EMAR, which is used in several hundred care homes for medicines management, medicines administration. And um, it's a very innovative solution which connects the pharmacy to the care home and uh, I'd certainly like to share with you some of our journey and what we've learned about it. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And finally, uh, Peter from uh, Paincheck. Uh, thank you, Steve. So uh, my background is uh, kind of a, I'm probably the strange beast in the room at the moment <laughs> uh, in that uh, I have a, a passion for both healthcare and technology. But uh, So I started out programming as a child but then went on a bit like Tarek to take on a a pharmacy degree as a background. So uh, I've managed to build the two together uh, and joined uh, Paincheck recently. Uh, So no accolades in terms of millions of uh, documents uh, saved on the person-centered software uh, approach. So we have two clients live in the UK because we're brand new to the continent of Europe. So Paincheck has uh, the globe's first intelligent pain assessment tool. Uh, and the problem we're trying to address is to give a voice to people that can't vocalize pain. And what I mean by that is people with dementia or those that are cognitively impaired um, lose their ability to tell us that they're in pain. Mm. Uh, and the way that's managed uh, here in the UK uh, and across the globe is, 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 uh, leaves uh, a lot to be uh, desired. So uh, uh, that's what we're aiming to uh, help our care home clients with. 
Great, thank you. And, and we'll hear more, obviously, about that during the podcast. Well, brilliant. Thank you. I was really, really pleased to have such expertise on, on the podcast today. So thank you. Uh, right, let's uh, let's crack on. And let's start with um, Andrew from uh, Person Centre Software. Now, Andrew, I know you want to talk about the importance of sort of data in care homes. Now, data sort of can drive sort of uh, person-centred care. And I know this is a, an area that uh, our readers often talk about getting to grips with um with data, I mean, when it comes to that driving of persons, driving person-centered care, what is the role of, of data here? Cool. So, what we've um, you know, observed over the years working with, with care homes um, is that typically um, the documentation that the carers are having to deal with on a day-to-day basis is very cumbersome. Uh, it's unused. Often, it's uh, unfortunately all left in a, uh, a sort of paper file. Uh, and therefore becomes unuseful. Um, And I often use the phrase, I I hate care plans, and but always add that with with the caveat of in their current format that we see see sadly in in the majority of the industry in the market. Um, But they contain such a wealth of information about that individual. And only by knowing that information can they best provide the best possible support and deliver the best outcomes for them. So digital tries to is an, is an opportunity to rethink the approach. Um, it's no no good saying sort of we do things the same way um, because that's how we've always done them. Um, it digital gives you the opportunity to do it differently, uh, and we've achieved that by, for instance, our Who I Am feature, which is a profile, which literally a couple of taps of um, the button on the mobile device. Uh, the carer uh, has that information about how best to support the individual, uh, what to do if that person is anxious or upset, um, how to promote positive outcomes and provide positive interventions, and therefore things not escalating and causing unnecessary anxiety and, and pain for the individual. Right. So really what you're talking about is maybe care homes having a bit of a mindset change towards the use of data and, and using data to inform their decisions but also it's about sharing it isn't it sharing that data between different sort of health professionals and uh, gps hospitals i mean is that what it really comes down to is sort of using it as you said in a maybe in a smarter way because it is there isn't it, it yeah it's, it's usually there in, in you know in a, in a paper world it's there deep in folders um in some of these sort of historical digital solutions it's in cumbersome forms on, on the screen um but by going mobile uh, it enables it to be you know, in the palm of the hands of the carer when when they need it at the time of the point of care no no point in finding out the information uh, after after the event you need it uh, at that time or before you or before you're providing that that interaction intervention right and um yeah. i know you've spoken before about um having sort of a, a central hub for all the data and and i mean can you tell us a bit more about how how that would how that should work and and also about the future of um as we just said, the data-driven sort of decisions, predictive models, that type of thing. I mean, how important is it to have it in the central hub and then how can it be used to predict sort of future care? So, so just breaking down that, that into sort of the different uh, sort of steps there. So first of all, the information sharing between um, different services. So typically when someone transitions from a care home to the hospital, uh, people often shove paperwork in, in, a, in a red bag uh, and that information uh, goes to the hospital and then is instantly lost. Uh, it goes off in various different directions when, once it, uh, it could, if it arrives in a different setting. Um, and that means that the people supporting them outside of that person's day-to-day setting haven't got that information. They, they, they don't know uh, how, how best to support the individual. They don't know 
um, how to deliver the care in a person-centered way. Uh, so that, first of all, it's about sharing information, not only within the care home, but when that person uh, moves from, from one setting uh, to another. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of all the sort of other solutions sort of capturing data about that person so for instance the medication given uh, even though it may not be an individual carer's responsibility to administer that that uh, those drugs um, if that person's um, interacting and providing support later on without that information to their hand they may not understand why someone's behavior has changed or taking the the um, the case of uh, the pain check integration as well. Uh, if they don't understand that a person has been in some pain in the morning, uh, they're not going to be able to um, support the individual as well as they could have. So it's about making that central hub is all about making sure that people have the information in a consumable uh, uh, format. I mean, Stephen, from ASCOM, from your perspective, uh, the role of, of data here when it comes to the data that care homes uh, hold, what, what's your thoughts? We're moving more and more towards being a data-driven society in terms of way of evidencing care, but also validating the way that we provide care. Um, but ultimately, it's leading towards more personalised care for the resident, so that rather than using generic, old-fashioned methods of, of caring for residents, we can actually build um, the requirements, whether it be using sensors to create data, all nurse call systems and integrating them into part of the care platform and the ecosystem to really stand uh, personalize that care rather than happening to be generic uh, methods. Yes, and then Tarek, you, you, I know you talk a lot for, about, don't you, about sort of sharing data but, uh, for carers. Uh, I mean, for you, then, I mean, do you think care homes are understanding the value of their data? Is it just maybe a, you know, a, a misunderstanding or, or you're not really understanding how, how best to, to use it? I think um, the value of the data that, especially if we can call it collective data as opposed to individual data of a system, but the power of collective data across the journey of a, of a resident's time in care, or you know, from the moment they arrive to the moment you know they, they have an event or an incident. I mean, the value of the data cannot be uh, we cannot kind of overstate that enough. Um, I mean, just yesterday. I was watching a, a, a program on Amazon and how they're using data, you know, to to part of our lives. I mean, if we can use that kind of data um, to actually understand what's happening to residents, um, I mean, we could transform the way that we are managing care. I mean, for example, we know that there are all these events that happen that lead up to an incident of a person going into hospital. And if we imagine that a hospital admission is perhaps the kind of worst case scenario that's the end of if we can learn about that person's journey what led them to that point and use data to predict you know how they got to that point we can better manage their care it seems like a no-brainer but i think the idea is quite simple yes yeah as, as, andrew, as andrew was saying it's about isn't it data informed decision making and, and uh and pete from your perspective because you're using sort of quite interesting stuff right ai artificial intelligence so uh I mean, for you, what you're trying to do there, I mean, is, is, again, what, what is the, how important is data and that being able to use it effectively? Quite clearly, data is probably now recognised globally as being the most valuable asset on the globe. Uh, you know, it used to be oil, you know, 20, 30 years ago. 
but the value of data is now globally recognized to be the most valuable resource available. And it comes in different forms. So at the local level, at single home level, uh, the data, so single homes are currently very data rich. It's just that the data is often illegible or unretrievable um, at, at a, at a, at a you know, uh, click of a button. Um, and now having the tools and infrastructure in place, and most uh, sites now, most businesses have uh, internet. And the internet is what allows the data to flow uh, between uh, systems. So at the local level, it becomes very important to take action at the local level. But just using uh, an example of medication management, so a typical 50-bed care home uh, may administer up to one and a half million medications a year. Uh, now, I don't care how good anyone is, and the Tarek, you're a pharmacist, um, but uh, neither of us could uh, handle one and a half million pieces of data in a year. Uh, so why don't we give our staff uh, or, or the sector the tools to be able to manage that data effectively and look at information over a period of time. And then you've got the mid layer, which I would call social care as a whole. So once again, social care carries huge amounts of data, but it's, it's inconsistent. Uh, and they can't use it to lobby government to get investment within the sector as a whole. And then finally, and a point on some of the more colleagues have uh, touched on already, is how do you then take that data from within the sector out to the wider health economy because at the transfer of care either from hospital or to hospital that information that currently exists is, is lost or, or not used mm. or actually asked for several times along the patient's uh, journey uh, so that's a, that's a real challenge and from a dementia point of view we're, we're going to see in the next 20 years a doubling in the prevalence of dementia as our population ages uh, and my, my point is that let's use the data to uh, get the best outcomes for individuals, but help shape the behaviours that we see uh, of, of um, uh, residents in care homes where pain isn't potentially managed. Now, that information can flow back through into the medication system and therefore back into the care planning system. And the care planning system is, I guess, the holy grail. And that holds more data about the individual than any other system in social care. And in a fragmented market, we have to work together and collaborate to bring that data into a place that is simple to use uh, at the point of use. Yes. And just quickly back to you, Andrew, that's all interesting points, isn't it? I mean, do you think care homes then can be a bit overawed by the amount of data they, they, they've got, which I suppose you know, there is so much there? I mean, it, it goes back to that point of having that sort of central hub. I mean, is it maybe a bit of a fear factor about what's, what data is there and how, and how to use it? Yeah, it was certainly a fear, a fear factor for adopting digital solutions um, and probably a lack of understanding on, on how they can transform uh, a business and um, what it means to the people who are providing support and, and receiving support. I think one of the, the things is, is understanding the users, which is what we spent a lot of time doing, knowing the demographics of, of uh, the type of users um, that need to operate the system. Because at the end of the day, if you make it too complicated, um, th th what we've seen is you you simply won't get um, the buy-in from from the, the users, and therefore you you don't get the data, or you don't get the quality of data. By keeping it simple but smart, we've been able to capture um, you know, over fifty care notes per resident per day, uh, where we've seen much more richer information, such as down to the level of care that's being um, declined mm -hmm. or refused, uh, whereas. Uh, historically, people have been very good at evidencing what has happened, um, maybe as a summary at the end of the shift, but now we're getting a contemporaneous um, entry of those records, uh, much more granular, much more informative, which can be turned into information. So 
yes, they have a rich data set, but it's only if we can turn it into something that's useful, does it then really add the, the, the value? Yes, yeah, actionable. Yeah, I mean, it's all about improving care, isn't it? Thank you all very much for that. Um, now, uh, Stephen Cavanna at uh, ASCOM, um, sort of tying in with that, really, I suppose, is, is you had sort of chosen the topic of sort of mobile digital technologies and how that can make life easier for, for carers and ultimately for, for residents there. Um, can, you, can you talk to us about you know, why this is so important and, and sort of the role of sort of mobile tech in in the care sector yeah i mean as we're now beginning to embark on more of a digital journey within the care sector we're seeing more and more use of uh, mobile devices mobile technology so what we really want to do is actually how can we add more benefits to to not just the care but to the residents and to organization and providers um, to basically enable us to close those digital information gaps and and bring that information into, into the carer's hands. Um, I think as we're using more and more the data that's being collated on a, on a hourly, daily basis, um, we're moving towards more predictive and preventative ways of, of providing care. But we need to be able to collaborate and, and coordinate across, across our care teams, whether that be from carer to carer, um, from different organisations, to really make it a lot easier to input that, that live data at the point of care. And ultimately what we're driving for is, is to increase the quality of information that we're providing to enable for in, in improving communication. Um, and as we, as we have this more efficient communication, we believe it, it's leading more and more to the drive of person-centered care. We can be efficient and effective with the way that we're communicating um, we're in your hands, you're accessing live resident data. And as Andrew alluded to earlier, we're getting more and more care notes coming in. And the more data we have, the more enriched we are in making informed decisions. Um, but also, if we're using a mobile device to, to add more to more value, we can make, the, make sure that we're, we're getting real-time information to, to support interventions that are required. So we can look at creating workflows to, to improve efficiencies and effectiveness of our staff so that we've got the right information being delivered to the correct staff. So we're designing these workflows so that we can look then at supporting faster response times. Um, and the more and more we can go down the automated route of using devices to assist us, we can hopefully spend more time per delivering that personalised care for our residents. Yes, and, and is this about sort of carers using their own devices or carers providing devices? I mean, is there, again, going back to the data thing, is there any worry about taking these devices out of the home? And, and what are the issues here? Yeah, it's a very interesting point because more and more people now, around 70% around of people are using mobile devices in the workplace. But what we've got to be considerate of is we're now using these devices as critical alerting and critical messaging. So we need them to be to have the right sort of technology to make sure that they're not going to be um, damaged or, or affect the effectiveness of them during a hard working environment. They need to perform in, into the right standards, whether we're struggling with, with quality of network and coveraging. Um, but obviously we need to make sure that we're, we're supporting the complex management needs. So simple things like we need to look at battery life, um, charging capability, are these devices designed to, to take on these multifunctional task management assessments and tools? It's, it is becoming an enabler of care rather than becoming a hindrance. Yes, I mean, and, and Tarek, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I know you talk a lot about in integrating uh, technologies here. I mean, the role of sort of mobile 
digital tech in this whole debate? Where do you come, what direction do you come at it from? I think you know, when we're talking about technology, um, I mean, we are not talking just about software, we are talking about solutions. And when we talk about solutions, you know, it encompasses the whole thing, the way software is, is presented, its usability, its kind of ease for users, the extraction of data we talked about. We talk about the, the model itself. So it's, you know, the way that we actually implement these things. And of course, we talk about the hardware as well. The hardware is actually fundamental. The devices, in fact, you know, from a very early on, we early on stage when we got into EMAR and made our first EMAR system, the, the choice of devices was fundamental because if those devices don't work or they don't, you know, hit, uh, kind of make it easy for users, they won't use them. So then it doesn't matter how grand your plans are or how great things are, there are some basic elements we need to install, we need to ensure the kind of infrastructure and the fabric of things exist before we start adding the solutions on it. So I completely agree, these are critical elements. And I think as we go forward, the idea of, I mean, we talk about mobile devices at the moment, but I think the future, you know, will also go into wearables. And, and I think as the technology and the infrastructure gets better and better, we can look at more of, of um, innovative ways to make it easy for people to have these devices around them. And, and Peter, uh, Paincheck, is, there, is, it, is mobile important to you or, or not so much? Just a little in yeah. that uh, we couldn't exist without it. So. <laughs> Uh, very much so. I mean, look, we, we need to go back, uh, you know, probably five or six years ago when uh, the, the shift from uh, mobile devices that were keypad driven like Blackberries uh, through to touchscreen. I remember holding those two devices in, in each hand and thinking, which way is the technology going to really take off? Uh, and touchscreen, I guess, is, is the enabler uh, that has allowed and the, and the uh, advent of apps as well. Um, and on top of that, then uh, open what's called open APIs in a technical terms, but in, a, in effect, Data to move from one application to another uh, easily has really taken off over the last, you know, two, three, four years. And this sector as a whole, social care, you know, in the past, it's probably had quite an introspective view uh, and it has to look outside. So I was using an example earlier today around the finance sector. You know, we wouldn't employ someone in our most successful sector in the UK uh, and present them on day one with an abacus. You know, we, we would give them the tools to do their jobs as best as they can and make them fulfilled as a workforce. Uh, and, and social care, I guess, it's never been a better time uh, than the present for social care to, to take on the, the, the lead with tech because most of the workforce are, are already tech enabled and, and Skills for Care website uh, gives all the stats uh, for, for usability uh, and, and adoption. So if you can, you know, use Facebook or Instagram, the chances are you can use a lot of the health tech at the point of care. Now, it's a little bit different for management, which want to look at data and, and, and data mining and looking at the actions they want to take as a result of that, which you need computers for, I guess, with larger screens. But in terms of capturing data, in terms of helping uh, our most vulnerable in society, you cannot beat a device in the hand. It actually makes social care quite sexy for the first time in a decade, I guess. And I think uh, society has accepted those devices, whereas three years ago there were still questions. Um, but most of the social care sector, certainly in, in, in residential aged care now, has uh, internet um, as an enabler. Uh, and most have started to introduce devices without the fear 
uh, of, of where those devices are going to go or whether someone is going to be playing Candy Crush on them. Yeah, I mean, I mean Andrew, as, as the other guys have said, everyone's used to now, aren't they, using devices at work and relatively tech savvy. But to Tarek's point as well about it has to be easy to use, doesn't it, if it is going to enhance sort of person-centered sort of care. Yeah, um, we look at uh, concepts such as gamification, which is how can we apply, you know, when you look at computer games, you get presented a wealth, you know, stunning amount of information uh, on screens, on on, on apps, on on phones. And it's how can we learn from from other walks of life and apply that to solutions that we're building for, you know, aimed at uh, social care uh, settings. So, yeah, we're looking at, our future projects very much uh, looking at things such as uh, badges and awards uh, you know, and you look at yeah, and even the sort of business apps nowadays looking at um, uh, zero expenses for instance when you capture those online you literally take a picture of the receipt and, and it and it works it all out all out for you we can learn a lot from 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 other other sectors yes yeah and, and quickly back to you back to you Stephen uh, from ASCOM and for, for residents what's the impact here I know because obviously it can improve their safety but there's obviously you know a dignity element here as well isn't there and you know uh, what's the benefit to the residents of, of this sort of development in mo- using mobile tech uh, I, th- I think this is something that might might be overlooked a little bit, but it's hugely important because basically we want to be providing safety and dignity for, for residents because at the end of the day, this is their home. And one of the big things we see is actually, can we change the way that we provide care utilizing this enabling now of, of the mobile device and creating that ecosystem, not only with the the digital software, but also the hardware elements that, that Tarek was alluding to earlier, so that we're actually creating a, an overall solution that that's empowering the residents. So a simple one for me is is um, is removing the nurse call system, and actually managing that and driving that through to a mobile device, so that we can provide more sleep for residents, so that you've not got the constant alerting going off. So that obviously has a lot of health benefits to our add to it but just simple things like we've got less of a clinical look in the environment and we know that the, the devices are going to give the reassurance to the, the residents because those alerts and notifications are going to be driven to the device to the right people at the right time so they'll be notified when they need to be performing actions rather than just doing the old-fashioned milk round and doing the nightly checks when they need to we can use the technology to actually assist us during that and actually provide more reassurance to residents. Hi, Richard. Hey, Johnny, how's it going? Uh, Richard, not the best. I'm still struggling to fill the empty beds in the home. Oh no, have you given the guys at Smooth Digital a call? No, could they help? Sure, they help care home owners like you and me fill our beds with private paying residents. They can market you online on Google and Facebook. Oh yeah? I better give them a call. You'll be crazy not to, Johnny. I've built up a waiting list working with Smooth Digital. Just go on Google and search Smooth Digital. S-M-O-O-T-H. 100% Smooth Digital. You're a lifesaver. Now, uh, whenever care homes sort of talk about digital transformation, they can worry about integrating uh, sort of different tech and data. And we've touched on it a bit. You know, data can be quite siloed. And now, Tarek uh, Mohammed from Invitech, uh, I know you've got some good thoughts on on this. The need for sort of care home providers to 
think more carefully, I suppose, about integration, not for the not just their own technology, but also that of other stakeholders, I don't know, GPs and obviously pharmacies, which you'll be very obviously familiar with. I mean, how important is that uh, integration and how easy is it to do? Yes. Um, so, so before I sort of just mention about where we go in the future, I think it's um, worth just looking back a little bit. I mean, one of the sort of my own journey in this whole space um, and how I got involved in this. So as a pharmacist, I would be dispensing medication for care homes. And one of the, the biggest issues, all the research in medicines management and care homes going back decades has kind of pointed to lack of communication as a root cause of many of the incidents that happen around, you know, people living in care and, uh, and the kind of incidents um, that lead them to go into a hospital, you know, to the lack of communication between a hospital and a GP with non-transfer of notes, that information not getting to the pharmacy in time, so the pharmacist is not aware of, of, of what medication has changed, so just drugs get dispensed, drugs get supplied. In the care home, they often don't know what's going on either, so they just give often what's, whatever was available to them at the last kind of drug round. And in this way, just lack of communication is, is, is such a fundamental root cause of, of kind of issues. And one of the things that we did, although it, it's a very complex, intricate network of, of different stakeholders that are involved in the care of people who live in care homes. Um, we can't deal with all of them. So the bit that we could deal with is the pharmacy and the care home directly. And our solution was born out of the desire just to connect the pharmacy and the care home itself so we could sh work off a shared record. So our EMAR was the first EMAR in the UK. And, um, and what we sought to do was to Every time a medication was given in a care home at the pharmacy, we would know about it. And we could monitor stock levels. We could monitor drugs that were given, drugs that were not given. And we could intervene as, as clinicians, as, as professionals in our own right to be able to support that resident's care. And that was a real game changer for us. And I think that's what really kind of, you know, kind of spurred us on to, to pioneer the sector. Um, and I think if you just wind on to where we are now, um, I think we now have EMARs, our established tools that we have, you know, medication, you know, the data that's now available, but also real-time data being shared back to the pharmacy. And I think although that's been a success story, I think if you wind it on and go forward, I think the future is about integrating all of these different stakeholders and different clinicians and different networks together and stitching them and knitting them together in an intricate way. And the more we do that, the sum of all of that, uh, those parts are, is actually greater um, than the individuals. So individually, we might know something. So person-centered software, we're talking about us as EMAR, we talk about care records in the, G in the, in the NHS, these are all isolated, but if we can join them together, what we actually what it tells us about the whole journey of the resident is is just it's just phenomenal what, what that and we were talking about data earlier on. So certainly we believe in that data sharing and that integration. I think the um, we've had huge success where we've done that now going onwards from the pharmacy to the care home and now in the care home with the likes of person-centered software where we can now join the care record up. And I think that, that, that is already reaping rewards. And I think the care of the future is very much about extending that journey now with the pharmacy and the care record, the summary care record um, onto other systems, devices, handhelds, 
even with the GP. And I think we just need to change mindsets so we can actually overcome the barriers of whatever is stopping us integrating together uh, in, in an interoperable way. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I mean, Peter from from Painter, I mean, are you that mindset change that Tarek talks about? I mean, is that quite a hard barrier? Do you think to overcome with the care home sector? Uh, so certainly uh, within the care home sector, we're now starting to see, I guess, the thought leaders coming together. And over the last probably two years, a lot of the uh, conferences have now started to understand and try and help the sector move forward with, with, with data. So uh, the fact that we're talking about it in the way we are tells you that, yes, it is a challenge, but it's not insurmountable in that actually for uh, the most vulnerable in the society, i.e. Uh, most aged uh, people that are often in residential and care home or nursing settings, uh, the sector holds more data, as I said earlier, than, than anyone else and will always hold more data than anyone else. The, the point here is getting it into a way that is meaningful, that can be moved, um, the care record itself needs to pull in more data from other uh, systems, which is where ASCOM uh, comes in. Uh, and the care record that uh, person center software holds in this uh, context will always be the parent record. So for uh, the likes of new tech, so with Paintcheck, for example, being the, it's actually the first uh, artificial intelligence driven medical device that's been landed in social care, I believe. Um, we couldn't operate unless we could send that data uh, onwards uh, to, to, to create a, a more complete uh, record. So I think you know, the, the sector has its part to play to adopt and embrace technology, but equally the old saying is of uh, build it and they will come. Uh, that's where this collaboration, I guess, has started to form. Unless we collaborate and start to build uh, that utopia, uh, we, we can't take the masses with us. Trailblazers have started. That's great. Um, but we want to take the whole uh, sector forward. And just a final point on integration. So the word integration can mean lots of different things. It doesn't matter. Let it mean to you what, it want, what you want it to mean. Start small if you want to start small. If you've got the infrastructure to go big, that's fine too. Uh, there's people out here uh, that can help, uh, that are impartial, uh, that are, are here to make a difference in, in the sector that we serve. So uh, yeah, look, it's, it's very important and it will be a challenge, but uh, I think most of the people on this uh, podcast relish uh, a challenge. Yeah, I'm not on that point, Andrew. Um, do you think, uh, I mean, that, that care home providers will obviously hear the benefits of doing this, but they, they do need a bit of um, a bit of help, don't they? I mean, they need to know that there is support for them. They do, and I think it isn't always obvious to care providers that technology and digital technology is the enabler to truly person-centred care. Uh, you know, we talked before about you know, leading to better decisions, provides a better understanding and can actually be monitoring an individual 24-7. So think about even when there isn't someone physically able to support an individual uh, with other sort of smart sensors and other technology in place, acoustic monitoring, etc. Uh, someone could be monitored all the time and therefore they're, they're kept safe. And, uh, and again, it's another data source uh, which we can learn from and, and build and understand more patterns about that individual and spot change and i think if you can intervene early rather than sort of your typical care provider currently might sort of look back over the last month and, and look about what's happened but if you can get something that predicts or something that uh, alerts you more instantly that there's been a change then uh, early intervention can can lead to a better well-being and maybe saving that that trip to hospital you're preventing a fall for instance 
Yeah, definitely. And and Stephen, um, in terms of sort of mobile, the role of mobile tech here, when we talk about integration, I suppose that that's very important, isn't it? Oh, it's hugely important because historically there's been around around eighty percent of serious medical errors come down to miscommunication. Now, whether that's old-fashioned verbal communication or um, old paper ways of working. But obviously, as everyone's been talking about integration, and if our systems aren't talking to one another, um, we're not enabling the carers to do their job, and, and arguably we could be making the situation even worse. We've got an opportunity to really push the envelope in terms of the way that we design care, using integration as, as the bed of that to give more information, to be able to collaborate with one another, but also to, to provide that communication channel to make the decision-making a lot more easier and smoother for everyone moving forward. Yeah, no, fascinating. Thank you very much, all of you. Uh, brilliant. Now, um, the last topic we're going to talk about is being led by uh, Peter uh, at Paintcheck. Now, you've chosen to talk about, in part, the role of technology in sort of managing dementia care which obviously dementia is a, a massive issue we, we cover it all the time of course um what why did you choose this this topic and, and, and what is the sort of role of tech here bear in mind what we've talked about already and, and, and improving care and improving the role for, for carers I mean, when it comes to dementia what sort of where are we at at the moment so again it comes back down to where the sector is uh, today versus where it was in the past so uh, the level of uh, acuity, and what I mean by that is that the amount, the type of care that uh, care homes are providing now was the mainstay of hospitals a decade ago. So the, the, the level of uh, intervention required by nursing homes in particular is, is increasing. Um, so some of the stats that I gave earlier, so 7% of the UK population have uh, dementia. Uh, but of the care home population, around 69% have a form of dementia that are in care homes. And that will increase. So they go from early uh, onset dementia to, to mild and severe. And when uh, dementia residents become non-communicative, it's very difficult for uh, the workforce to interpret what needs to be done. Uh, and without the use of technology. So it's just an example of using one condition that is, is, is on the increase uh, that will become a, a major concern for, for those providing care uh, in the UK. So people, as they grow older, one of two things will happen. Their physical health will deteriorate or their mental health will deteriorate. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just fact. Um, so from my perspective, uh, it's around using technology that will help uh, both the resident uh, receive care. So from a pain point of view, half of those 69% in care homes will experience pain, but they're not able to verbalize and tell uh, their carers uh, that they are in pain. Uh, and that's just a fundamental human right. So we're just helping to give uh, the sector a tool to move that forward. But we're not just stopping there. It comes back to the conversation that we're having here. You know, the care home of the future needs to enable the whole workforce to provide the best possible care for the resident. That's the first part, uh, which is why, uh, I guess, a business chooses to deliver care in the first place. Uh, secondly, the, the workforce becomes more empowered. Uh, it is a very mobile workforce. It, it, when I mean mobile, they move around a lot historically. Uh, and that's often because they don't feel engaged and don't have the tools to, to be able to do their job well. So it's helped them to do their job well. And finally, it's about sustainability for the business owners. It's a hugely fragmented market. Uh, new market entrants are building brand new homes, large establishments. But uh, a large chunk of the sector, probably more than 30%, are still small operators with less than three or four homes. Uh, and those homes tend to be on the smaller side as well. So it's enabling them to be sustainable in the future. And, you know, the number of beds hasn't increased uh, significantly. 
uh, and it won't change unless we provide the tools for that sector to, to be able to, to, to go forward. Social care has always been in the shadows of the NHS, uh, and uh, I think unless we start using data and technology, uh, dementia is a good one uh, in that it grabs headlines, whereas social care often on its own uh, struggles too. So, so that was a rationale. Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. And I mean, Tarek, uh, one of the points that uh, Pete talked about there is for helping carers and, and sort of giving them the confidence, isn't it, that using tech to have the confidence to understand and, and, and look after people with, with dementia. I mean, that's one of the great things about tech, isn't it? As an enabler, it does give people that sort of confidence to know that they can do a better job. I think, I think ultimately um, the success of technology um, as we go forward is going to be inherently be linked to, um, to the success that we deliver. So I think if we, over time, show that with our technologies, we can actually make material impact into improving people's care, then I think that will be the, the, what will spur on the, the kind of technology revolution. I mean, I've been in this field for a very long time now, um, sort of two and a half decades of trying to change people's mindsets to adopt technology. I remember when I was standing in front of people and saying, look, how many of you around the room have a mobile phone thinking that there will be a few people putting their hands up and there'll be no one. It'll be like mm. no one no one saying anything. And and you know, I mean, winds on to now where everyone is using devices. Everyone it's just it's just, it's really a very different world we live in. I think now it's just about deploying our technologies onto the devices that exist and actually capitalizing on the opportunity. But I think the fact that our technologies will stay and you know will be down to um, how we deliver the improvements in pain, in dementia, in you know, in all of the different categories and the kind of uh, fields of, of, of clinical care that, that, that we can imagine. If we can reduce hospital admissions, if we can improve the quality of lives of people and demonstrate it with our data, with our systems, then I think that's what will ultimately be the validation that, that we're looking for. Yes, definitely. And and Andrew, I mean, on that on that point about uh, that both chaps have made there about using the technology to improve improve care and and uh, when it comes to person centred sort of care, especially around dementia, I mean, it, it's so important, isn't it? Oh, it's vital, and yeah, people are are, are complex by by nature, um, and understanding an individual's needs and what their responses might be and their preferences um, is going to only help the the carers reduce the anxiety and stress for for the um for the resident you know and knowing what to do um if something escalates uh, it might be that your the interaction that you provided might have lasted 15 minutes but that that that's one small piece of the, that person's whole day their whole week their their, their whole life in that care home and, and and i think some sometimes people don't think about the wider picture mm. i think that's where technology can can paint that picture and provide clarity and a visualization of the data that would known to information that would have otherwise uh, gone unknown that that change in someone's behavior may not have been spotted yes and, and steve what are your thoughts there around sort of obviously dementia being such a massive issue and when it comes to you know staff efficiency i suppose many managing different tasks around dementia the sort of tech that you're working in i mean everyone wants to be able to you know treat dementia more effectively i suppose mobile again it, it has a, a vital role to play yeah, it does, because we can look at consolidating a lot of this information that, that the guys have been talking about and bringing that into to the device to enable the way that we, the care staff, 
uh, interacting not only between themselves but receiving this information capturing the data themselves and actually opening up the portal to have more accessibility to care technology in the future as well so we can be forward thinking all the time as the dementia dementia residents become more and more prevalent and we're seeing earlier onset of this can we look at different ways of utilizing care technology to pull out that data so we have got more evidence using remote monitoring techno technologies whether that be acoustic monitoring and um, smart sensing technologies but also can we bring more as Pete alluded to earlier, we're getting more and more people from hospital coming into the care home environment. So could we look at the more prevalent use of telehealth, remote monitoring that way, and medical device integration, so that all this data is captured within the ecosystem. So we're making clinically informed decisions that are beneficial not only to, to the resident but their families as well and keeping them in the environment that they feel that they want to be in and that's the homely environment of the residential care home. Great, thank you very much. Oh, that's about that's about it. Um, uh, out of time, really, on this podcast. But uh, just wanted to quickly uh, uh, talk to you about um, the, the way you, the four companies, uh, four of you, sort of work together. There's a big collaboration, isn't there? I don't know, Andrew, if you want to sort of uh, summarise how that works and just tell um, our listeners and, and readers that uh, you're going to be on the the same stand, aren't you, at some of the shows this year? And, and how how you work together? I mean, why is it so important to collaborate when it comes to tech and helping care homes? Uh, I think it's yeah, it's important that we give the consumer the choice uh, of, of products and solutions that's going to meet uh, meet their needs. Yeah, you know, being the master of uh, one thing is the is the only real way forward you know no point being a jack of all trades and, and master of none so we're looking to provide the best of breed um, solutions um, solutions that have been designed for the environment in which they need to operate uh, focused solely on on, on the sector uh, and you'll be able to see us all together um, at the health plus care uh, show in june uh, together uh, where you can come and see uh, what we're doing and how we're working together um, to build the care home for the future. Thank you very much. So, yeah, thank you to all our panel today. That's Andrew Coles uh, from Person Centred Software, uh, Stephen Kavanagh from ASCOM, and Tarek Mohammed from Invitech Health, and Peter Shergill from uh, Paincheck. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.